Welcome to the We Like to Say We're Experts podcast, where we go over noteworthy news, pop culture, and everything in between. And now, your hosts, Evan and Nicole. Welcome back, everybody, to another review-filled week. Evan, how are you doing? I'm week seven of quarantine. Has it really been seven weeks? I think it's seven. No, because that would be February. I haven't been quarantined that long. No, it's still March. But wouldn't eight weeks be two months ago? So it'd be February 26th. No. Maybe. No. Maybe. I don't know. We're we're not good at math. Losing it. (laughs) Basically, what we're trying to say is it feels like we've been in quarantine forever, but luckily we have each other, and you have us. We're going to make it through together. Wow. Please come back week after week and enjoy our slow descent into madness as we continue to review media, which is the only source of escape from this horrible existence we live in. Oof. It's getting dark. It's getting... <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to jump into our fun news stories of the week. Well, Evan, before recording, I showed you a picture of this sweet old lady because as many of us are, we're, we're quarantined, we're stuck in our house. So she filled out this little sign um, that said, like, help, I need beer. And she, like, put it on her window. And apparently this went viral because this woman who's 93 years old, her name is Olive, and she lives near Pittsburgh. Uh, She put the sign that said, I need more beer. Coors Light saw this and sent her a free year of beer. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to be an old lady, get free stuff. She's so adorable, though. She is. Like, a, I, I want to know her. It's a really nice picture. And I mean, yeah, you're 93. You can't leave your house because of... Ge- I'm, I'm gesturing wildly right now. <laughs> but it's so, it's so nice, of course, to like sort of pick this up and be like, you know what? We're going to do something nice. Yeah. It's a bad time. Yeah. free your beer. Yeah, why not? Give your free beer. <laughs> She's just so cute, and I'm glad that someone helped her out. And... I don't know. I just thought it was a happy news story oh, that I had to share. We're going to share her adorable picture on our Facebook and Instagram, which if you don't follow, are both at Experts Podcast. So definitely check those out. Highly recommend. Yeah, yes. this, this picture super cute. It's just, you know, <laughs> like, I wish I could do this and get something for free. <laughs> Imagine, like, our neighbors walking by and there's, Evan just has a sign that says, help me. Because he's stuck just, in here with just me. Just help me? <laughs> no, you're stuck You're stuck in here with me. Not only are you stuck in here with me, but you're stuck with your cat, whose new way of getting attention is to lovingly bite us, yeah. which I think we've mentioned on the show before. I know, but I want to bring attention to that again, because <laughs> part of this descent into madness, I love our cat. He's adorable. And he is adorable. He has his own Instagram. 98% of the time, he is actually the perfect cat. But perfect. like. Even just now while we tried to record or when I'm working from home, if he wants my attention because he knows I'm giving it elsewhere, he will come up and he will just... It's a very loving chomp. Yeah. Never breaks the skin. He does it slowly, too. And it's, like, kind (laughs) of cute. But if I can't catch him, like... You get bit. Yeah, I just felt him do it on my leg. And it's just to get my attention. He just loves you. It's never on the skin. He's really good about it. But, like... Like, he bites your pants and Come stuff. on, bites my pants. Yeah. It got really bad once uh, while I was trying to take a call from where we're recording that right now. We're actually recording from our dining room table. And before I had my office set up, I was just working. You know, I'm working. I'm on a call. You know, the table's big, obviously. So, like, he can jump up and, like, walk around the yeah. computer. And because he heard me talking on the call, he was like, hey, Dad. 
what's up? And I'm like, I muted myself and I like pat him for half of a second. I'm like, Ben, I can't give you any more attention. I went back to my call and he just like slowly chomps on my arm, like my forearm, or not my forearm, my upper arm, and then like my chest. And then he walked around and I did it on my <laughs> other arm. And I was like, all right, dude, I had to pick him up and put him on the floor. And I was like, I can't right now. As he walks away. Now he's just walking away. He knows he we're knows. talking about him. Yeah. Um, he's a smart cat. He just loves you. Yeah. That's how we're going to get... He's keeping me sane. You know? He's like, Dad. <laughs> all right, I'm going to ground you right now. <laughs> you think you have it good? You're on a call? You're forgetting about stuff? No. You also have me. I if know. you need me. The joy of our lives. Our cat son. Ben. I would like to thank everyone for my uh, seven-minute monologue tag t- TED talk about our cat, Ben. Um, That's okay, hon. We, we will now uh, get back to our normally scheduled broadcast. <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want within reason. Oh, it's like we have our own podcast. I was going to say, we have our own show. Talk. We say this every week. That's right. You thought this was a news story. <laughs> this was also a feel-good view into our personal life. And by feel-good, I mean it does not feel good when he thinks <laughs> uh, Moving on to our next and final news story of today's episode... So this actually happened in Manchester, New Hampshire, which, for those who don't know, we live in Massachusetts, specifically Boston. So it's only like an hour from, or an hour and a half from us. It's not that far. Uh, so there's this man named Benjamin Leyland, and he's living in his apartment. He's living his own life. And someone knocked on his door to ask him to turn down his music. Evan, have you ever lived in an apartment building? I don't think so. No, I've it's only ho- lived in houses. Yeah, it's hell. Well... There's some good things about it, but, like, the worst is that you have to... You're at the mercy. Well, like, if things break, your landlord takes care of it. Like, there, those things, like, you're not responsible for. Yeah, but you got neighbors. Like, right. neighbor neighbors. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you're basically at the responsibility. They're like roommates, but worse. Yeah. Like, you're at the, the mercy, not responsible. Right. I said responsibility, but you're at the mercy of your neighbors. I mean, you're at, you are at the mercy of them being responsible, so you're not wrong. <laughs> basically. Uh, so he knocks on Benjamin's door and he's like, hey, can you turn down the music? And instead of the guy, you know, just reasonably saying yes or no, just having a calm, calm conversation, he decides to pick up his sword and chase the man into the hallway. And so police was called. Luckily, there was no uh, injuries, but he was arrested for criminal threatening. Only in New Hampshire would this happen. This is a well-grounded man. You know, playing is really loud music. Does it say what type of music it was? It, it doesn't say. It's probably like, I don't even know, like some ridiculous. All right, you're a man, you're living in New Hampshire, and you have a sword. It's 47. It's 47. I don't know. Maybe he just did some bad drugs or something and was listening to like Beethoven. <laughs> I don't even know. I really want to know what kind of music this was. It doesn't say, but I'll try to reach out to the Manchester PD just for you to clarify. Thank, thank on, uh, you. I, I know they're not going to say what type call, of music he was I, listening to. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I think the worst thing I ever ever had to deal with with a neighbor. No, there's two. So one was my first apartment. The person that lived underneath me had an illegal squirrel because you obviously can't keep squirrels. Or I think only pets we were allowed to have in this building were cats or like dogs under like thirty pounds, like really small animals. So, not only did she have an, a dog, which I don't know how she got away with it, but she literally would take squirrels, she would go outside into the common area, become friends with squirrels over, like, a period of time, and then she would get these, like, gerbil or hamster cages and, like, keep the squirrels in her apartment. And you could hear them, like, chittering and making yes. the squirrel noises all times. It was fucking weird. I want to sit this woman down and be like, ma'am, 
realize they're essentially mice. Right? <laughs> right, they're rats with tails. Like, yeah, they're rats with, <laughs> with fluffy tails. Slightly cuter tails. Yeah. And then they're this... the Maine Coons of the vermin world. Aww. You still don't want them, though. Well, Maine Coon cats are cute. Yes, but mice are not. No. And then the second one that I had that was really annoying, but, like, I... I feel bad for this person. So my second apartment that I lived in, I was in. Bet- I was on the second out of three floors. So I was like sandwiched in between people, and the person on top of me, she had a child that I think had learning or like disabilities or special needs. So when we first moved in, um, not you and I, but the person I lived with at the time, she like came and introduced herself, and she's like, "Hey, just let you know, like my child has like special needs, and you might hear him being loud." And I was like, "Oh, like thank you for letting me know. So I don't think you're like exercising your child up there, like." giving him an exorcism or whatever, he would bang around and stomp, like, all hours of the day. Like, it was so annoying. One time, he took a bath by himself and left the water running, and it leaked into our apartment, and, like, we had to get our apartment, like, bathroom fixed. It was great. I don't know. Well, it just prepared you for living with me, so. (laughs) Oh, nothing can prepare me for living with you. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) The bachelor pad that I walked into when I first moved in here. I missed it. <laughs> I'm high. I'm, I'm, right, I'm right here. I'm getting a look. I don't miss you not being here, but it was like you just don't like to clean. I hate cleaning. I know, hate and it. I'm the opposite. Where like not only do things have to be clean, but they have to be organized and have a place. See, you cleaning is cathartic, which I applaud, but I can't stand doing the effort. I don't know if it's like the cleaning that's cathartic. It's the feeling that like when everything's neat and organized, it just feels better. So it's like the after. It's like the high you get when everything's clean. I'm also just a type A personality and everything has to be organized. Very much not. You're a type C for chocolate. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you're correct, actually. And C's also for cat, so. Chocolate cat. um, Call and order a pizza. Yeah, I am a type C. Call of duty. Call of duty. I like that. It was the first C video game I thought of. You now that I'm trying to think of it, I see it's hard. <laughs> see, <laughs> got me. We're going crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Please yes. help. <laughs> if anyone would like to send help, please call 555. <laughs> We're experts, and no one will return your call. No one, yeah, it's not a real number. We do not endorse our, uh, our answering machine, us. has never been instated. <laughs> Ben's our assistant, he might answer the phone or yeah, just meow at you, sleep on the desk and knock the phone off. Well. That's the only two news stories that we have for today, and we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to review the newest HBO miniseries we watched, The Plot Against America. You know what's really bad? What? Not the latest HBO miniseries, uh, The Plot Against America. It is a, what's the best way to describe it? It's sort of like an alternate universe where instead of FDR winning the presidency in 1940, it's Lindbergh instead. Charles Lindbergh. Charles. The Chuck, famous. Chucky Lindbergh. <laughs> the famous pilot who, wasn't it? His son was kidnapped. Yeah, the Lindbergh baby. Yeah. Eh, it was really good. It was six episodes. We're watching another one, not to give it too much away, we're watching another one that's eight, and I feel like a... Obviously, a miniseries is short, but I'm getting them all confused as to their length. Yeah. yeah this was like six-hour episodes. Um, first two episodes were really slow, and then it really picked up. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more like 
world building and, and we'll get into that but also it was I was reading a little bit on this it was based on a book and the book had a lot more in it so I think that they had to kind of condense like the opening of the book into these first two episodes so I get why it was more like it was slower and more world building it was a lot building. of like here's some exposition Here's, here's some characters. Guy, here's a guy listening to the radio. Yeah. Here's some more characters. So the story kind of, fo- well, the story focuses around Herman Levin. He's a dad. Uh, he's married to his wife, Bess, who is a stay-at-home mom. And they're two kids, and they are Jewish. They live in New Jersey in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Herman works for an insurance agency. Um, so it's kind of like the opening picture, so like set the scene. And I think it was right in the first episode they said, yeah, um, Charles Lindbergh, like, he wants to run against FDR for the second term. Yeah. And he, it's not like coming right out, and I'm going to say he, I mean Charles Lindbergh, coming right out being like, I hate Jewish people. But there's definitely, like, anti-Semitic tones in what he says. Like, it's Uh, kind of like... I I don't know if I agree with that. What do you mean? I don't think it's anti-Semitic tones... Uh, obviously, spoiler, Plot Against America is about a Jewish family trying to live with Lindbergh as president when he's not taking care of the Jewish people. Right. So, there is anti-Semitism inside of, um, what's that word? His... Presidency? Presidency. It's like foundation. Oh, like, I know you're trying to say, but uh, I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Let's say it's president. Like, yeah. as an outcome of him being president, uh, another spoiler since I'm going to jump around. We don't go to war with Germany. Right. Uh, anti-Semitism spikes in America. But when he's campaigning, he's just really ambiguous about it. But I think it's, to me... Which it's... which is not a... I'm not saying yeah. that's... I'm not saying it's a good thing. Yeah. I'm saying the way that they present it in the first couple episodes uh, is like... He's talking about Americans, but then he never really defines what an American is. I think it was, for me, for me, and, and maybe I'm, like, looking back at the first episode with the lens of, like, everything we saw in the six episodes, but I feel like it started out, like, maybe he didn't directly say, like, I don't like Jewish people or things like that, but it was almost like what he did and didn't say, kind of, it was like a read between the lines yeah, there was kind a of lot, situation. There was a ton of subtext because he never explicitly says he's going to do anything for them, especially given the state of the right. world at that moment. It seems really important to be like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to protect people of like all types right. in our all country. Races, all races, all ethnicities, all, all religions. religions, everything. Right. And instead he's just like, if you vote for me, we won't go to war. And right. like that in and of itself is kind of like, well, if you're not going to war, you're not fighting the people And there's kind of like rumors that he's like friendly with Hitler oh, in the yeah. first couple episodes. They said that he like flew his plane to Berlin and met with him like yeah. a couple of years earlier. Like or in something. secret or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like a big part of the first episode was Herman, who's the dad, gets a potential promotion um, in his life insurance company. So he can basically, they're living in an apartment, him and his family at the time, and with this promotion, um, they could get a house. So they go look at houses and basically it's like what a nicer area of like the town that they live in. Um, and how would you describe what this whole scene, Evan, like when they're looking for houses and they're in this new area that they're looking to move in? Because there's like it, a German bar. Yeah, it really highlights a problem that was still existent in some parts of America today, but was a lot more... Like, how do I, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take out of the show for a second just wanna mm-hmm. highlight this. So like we live in a suburb of Boston. Like fifty years ago, 
it was not really what it is now. Now it's really gentrified. It was largely just Irish working class families. Yeah. So, you know, like, there's different areas that are just broken up by, like, these different groups. And in the, the, where they go, where the Levens go to look at a house, it's, like, upper, or middle upper class, um, like, predominantly white families, and then a large German population. Right. Uh, so obviously them being of Jewish descent, even just driving by, like, the bar, they get harassed a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it makes them feel uncomfortable, which, like, I totally, I totally understand. Like, I can't imagine feeling that way, because you see what's happening in Europe, and you're like, well, I don't know if, again, I don't, I don't know if Americans knew at that time of, like, the, of what would become of the Holocaust, but, like, you still know that, like, Jews are not welcomed. I think they show, like, news footage at the time of them being, like, rounded up into the ghettos and stuff. So, like, there was... Yeah, so it was kind of like they knew this was going on in Europe, but... Yeah, like, they knew it was bad. Obviously, I don't think they knew the full extent until, like, after, or near the end, or after the war. So he ends up not taking the promotion, because he's like, well, we'll just stay in our community, which is majority Jewish population and, like, some other ethnicities and religions but like no one that like didn't like anybody like i think there was a talent you see like yeah, they got families. along really well right. stuff like that um so the first episode kind of ends where evelyn has this or no sorry Bess has a sister named evelyn who's played by the wonderful winona Ryder of stranger things fame i thought she was really good in this series one? yeah oh, i yeah, told I you totally i told you that like the first episode and the first couple episodes i was like yep. husband <laughs> husband never pays attention to wife 2K, 2K. First two episodes I didn't like. Because they were boring to me. I'm sorry, not everything's fast-paced. Not fast-paced, no action. Yeah. It was necessary. In the end, I really liked the miniseries. It it didn't really hook me until episode three or four, though. Yeah. Um, So, Bess's sister, Evelyn, meets this rabbi. His last name is Bengelsdorf, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Rabbi Bengelsdorf. And he's kind of, like, sympathetic to the anti-war message. Because, like... No one wants to go to war. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. I think it was, like, other people weren't as anti-war because they knew that they were, like, fighting fascism, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's another case of subtext. Right. If you inherently are not against something, uh, you have to explicitly say why. And even then, it's sort of like, well, this seems really important and you're not doing it. Yeah. So, hmm? it's kind of, and you see this more in the miniseries and we'll get into this, but... This rabbi is, how do I say this, like, in the best way? He, it's like he knows Lindbergh's not a nice guy, but I think he wants the power of being, like, this advisor in the president's, like, presidency. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he, he looks at what Lindbergh is selling and is like, fine, I can sort of use this, You're like, you're right, yeah. to advance my own career. He's like, he didn't say he hates the Jews, he's just anti-war, yeah. wink, wink, kind of thing. And he's like, well, if I go and I promote Lindbergh, you know, right. other people of Jewish descent will be like, oh, maybe Lindbergh's not bad, Exactly. will vote for him. Right, he's, like trying a, to, he's trying to be like that person. To, like, fleece everybody yeah. in the end. So it's kind of too... Like storylines, this breaks off into as like episode two and three happens. Um, the first is Herman has a nephew named Alvin, Alvin and, and 
he's not a chipmunk. Not a chipmunk. Sorry, sorry to disappoint everybody. I really wasn't paying attention the first time. <laughs> you thought you're like I thought he was the chipmunk. Was like, oh yeah, and uh, the other two whose name I forget. So he's an he's an orphan. Um, his par his father was Herman's brother. They don't say how his parents died. Yeah, they're but just he's, like yep, he, they he's did. an orphan. He used to live with Herman and his wife, but then he ends up moving to Canada because he wants to fight the Nazis. And what happens when he goes and fights the Nazis? Uh, he gets a leg blown off. Yeah, real sad. And he's like, he loses his marbles after. He like doesn't know what to do with himself. He was like really upset. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be upset. But he was like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Well, especially like, obviously we've made a lot of medical advancements. Yeah. And like prosthetics and everything. And yeah, if you lost a limb back then, especially like. You thought your life was over. It's like, well, yeah, honestly, it yeah. was in a lot of cases. Yeah. Because most, like, most of the jobs back, well, not. Maybe this is an exaggeration, but a lot of them are, like, hands-on. Exactly. And it's not like today. More where, labor. Where there's, like, jobs. Al alternative jobs or, like, prosthetics, as I said, or things yeah. like that. So it's like, yep, oh, you lost a leg. Well, okay, life's over. That yeah. sucks. So we have that storyline. Um, and then the second storyline we have is, so Herman and his wife, Bess, have two kids, Sandy and Philip. Sandy's the older one. I hate Sandy. Sandy, he ends up kind of falling... I don't want to say in love, but, like, he kind of ends up, like, agreeing with the Lindbergh message. Like, he doesn't see the undertones that it's anti-Semitic. He just sees, like, it's anti-war. He wants the best for America. And at the end of the first episode, or the second episode, I forget, we see that he becomes president. So he's president, meaning Lindbergh. Um, and he creates this program called... Just Folks. Just Folks, where basically Jewish families, they take, like, boys from Jewish families that live... In like new the New England area, like around big cities, and they send them to like temporarily live. I'm doing quotation marks, but you can't really see. They send I'm like raising an eyebrow because of the connotation this has with you know like in Germany, yeah, the Jewish families, yeah, and sending them somewhere else. So they like send them to live with these families in like rural areas of the time, so like Kentucky, the South, and like farm families. And this really pisses off. His parents, because they obviously know what's happening in Germany, so, like, in other countries with the Jews. So they think, okay, we're going to, like, lose our son. And Sandy's like, but I want to go. And that creates a huge, that creates a lot of tension. And Herman, through the entire miniseries, is filled with righteous anger, and he always just acts out at the wrong time. Though, yeah. Because, uh, so Evelyn and Bengelsdorf are, like, working together, like, you know, Bengelsdorf gets closer to Lindbergh, so then they start the Jess Folks program, and then Evelyn decides to have... Sandy go down, and then when Sandy comes back, all of a sudden he's just like, "Man, everything's great. It's great. I loved it. Like Why nothing, you guys, nothing like bad that? is happening in this country because right. I had one good experience. And like, right, this is fine. It's great. And Herman's like, "You're no. an idiot, kid." <laughs> I mean, he also is a kid. Like he's not gonna get it. That's why I hated him. For yeah, but first. like, it's, yeah, it's just hard because he's young. He doesn't see like. The, like, the lens of the adults that we see. Obviously, it's because we have more context, too, but it was really frustrating for me for the first five episodes, just any pretty much any time he was on screen, because he's always like, you're dumb, nothing bad is happening to us, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just so naive. I mean, but Which yeah. Which I get. Yeah. Like, he has a kid. It's yeah. Just, it's just frustrating to watch for me. So, you know, things are escalating. Um, essentially, they want to, at one point, move, like, I'm trying to remember what it was, but, like, Herman's job was basically like now we're moving the whole family to Kentucky. It was like now we're gonna move the adults yeah. to. It was like a follow up to just folks. It was like part like, two or something. Yeah, they're like we're gonna 
advise their companies to transfer them right. to these other these rural areas. These other towns. So essentially, he quit his good job and like ended up working for his brother Herman. Yeah, Herman. Quit, quit his job, worked for his brother who had like a brother Monty, like a f- manual labor type he, job company. Yeah, he it was like a shipping kind of place, and I forget. He was, like, on a member of a commerce board for something. Yeah. Monty was, not Herman. Sorry. Um, So, we'll kind of wrap up how it ends, and then I thought maybe we could give, like, our overview, like, our thoughts on the episode. So, final episode takes place two years later. Basically, anti-Semitic incidents are escalating all over the country. You see, like, shops being broken throughout, like, America, very reminiscent of, like, what was happening in Germany at the time. Um, the first lady, after Lindbergh's plane ends up going down, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, basically does, like, a speech to the country and was basically like, no, like, we need to stop doing this. This is getting out of line. Like, if anyone is committing these crimes or being accused of crimes or things like that, like, let's just put it aside. Um, after this happens... The neighbor of Herman and Bess, their family ended up having to move to Kentucky and they have to go save the son of the family because the mom was killed by the KKK. They bring the boy back up and it ends with like a special election happening and FDR is running again, but we don't see who's announced. It ends kind of like on a, I don't want to say a cliffhanger, but it ends where they're like, and the winner is. I was really frustrated by the end. Because you watch this whole thing, and you watch all these arcs, and you watch, like, Alvin's super weird jump-around arc. Yeah. I'll dive into that for a brief second. Alvin goes, loses his leg, comes back, uh, is followed around by an FBI guy, finally gets a job for, like, some bookie guy, and then, like, some other Canadian agents come, and then they bring him to, like, do a radar thing to try to find Lindbergh's plane, but then... He never actually, he like helps, but he doesn't actually find Limb. I don't know. Alvin's whole thing just seemed like jumpy and almost not important by the end of it. I think it was, and I don't know because I haven't read the book, but I wonder if it was like because they had to condense this big book into like six episodes if they had to cut things out. Yeah. But it's kind of assumed that what he did, this like secret project he was working on, Brought down Lindbergh's plane, but not him specifically. Not him specifically, which is just what the I project. Expected, like when I was watching, I was like, "Yeah, oh, you're gonna find him." Not that it, not that it was wholly unimportant because it gave you a behind-the-scenes look at what was going on. Yeah, like the, the just like resistance operatives working, but yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay." But yeah, and then it, like you go through all that, you go through everything, like Herman and the family, and then like going down and bringing the kid back, and then it's there's like um, like ballots being burned. Yeah. And stuff, and it's really ominous, and then you don't know how it ends, and it's kind of like, I'm, I really want to, like, I actually no, I did really t- want to I did, too. I, I kind of wanted to know, is it going to go back to normal, but we will we'll never know what happens in this universe. Um, so, so I was reading this article, and I, I forget the person's name, if he was, like, an executive producer, like, showrunner, but essentially he felt like it was so important to tell this story, like, at this time, because obviously I don't think our country is as bad as fascism or the things that happened during that time but you're watching the show and you see you know people that don't like other people or like are attacking other people because of like their race their religion and you have a president who's not really telling people to like stop and kind of like fanning the flames kind of seems a little bit like what we're it's going a bit, on now a bit of a like a correlation well i wouldn't know 
I wouldn't say correlation, but I mean, there's, there's, there's a big uh, emphasis on like, you know, you listen to the news. The news isn't always right, but that's what you're gonna base your opinions off of anyway. Yeah. Without really, there's a there's a big thing of like not really thinking for yourself, which yeah. Herman does, luckily. But you know, a lot of the opposition does not. You see that, like especially when um, uh, who's that guy's name? The radio host. Oh, Walter Winchell. Yeah, I think Wal- was his name. Walter Winchell is a radio host, and you hear him from the first episode. Eventually, Bangelsdorf gets him fired because Walter Winchell was like, Bangelsdorf is not doing a service to the Jewish community in America. Mm-hmm. And then while he's campaigning, he gets killed. Yeah. Um, because basically, they're like, yeah, Walter Winchell's a bad man. And somebody took that obviously way too far. And it's like, hmm. Not to get like too political, because obviously we like to keep things lighthearted on the show, but... There's definitely, like, there's scenes where there's, like, riots going on and, like, you know, places being destroyed. And, like, it's sad to say, but, like, some of that stuff does still happen. Like, there's still people that, you know, are, like, neo-Nazis that are, like, coming out. And, unfortunately, we have a president that doesn't tell these people to stop. And, I don't know, it, it kind of made me think of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, like banning you, the flames. When you read things like Liberate Blank. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into it. But obviously, there's a bit of a disconnect between yeah. what should be happening in a, a uh, from a seat of power and what is actually right. happening. And I think that's why the people that... Because, I mean, this book came out years ago. So I think the reason... Kind of what I was understanding is the reason that they decided to make it now was because there's things that are obviously somewhat parallel to like what our country is going through. And what's well, like never a better time to tell the story because history is going to repeat itself if you don't do anything about it um, yeah that's kind of like was my takeaway from it at the end so i think that's all we have for this week evan would you like to sign us off yeah uh well thanks everyone for day uh 37 of quarantine let's say week 500 uh, i don't know what the sun <laughs> feels like anymore um i hope you enjoyed today's episode uh we're gonna be back next week with another fun little series that we found on netflix not quite as heavy as uh no what we talked about today, but it's, uh, I'm going to just call it interesting and leave it at that. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys next week when we review the Netflix show, I'm Not Okay With This. Thanks for listening to our show. Make sure to like our Facebook page through our link in the show notes or by searching We Like To Say We're Experts on Facebook. See you next time.